This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are still with the topic of food, and here is something I've wanted to discuss for a long time. Food waste. A recent study finds we are among the biggest food wasters in the world. Every Canadian, on average, tosses away 170 kilograms of food a year. And that's the equivalent of throwing away a quarter of all the groceries you buy. And if you add in the food that gets wasted along the supply chain on the way from the farm to the table, that number goes up to 396 kilograms per capita in our country. The economic cost is pegged at about $30 billion a year. Think about how much a quarter of your groceries cost you. And it creates 21 million tons of greenhouse gas emissions. Now, uh, we're used to doing certain things in the kitchen. You know, it seems that home cooking is a lost art. There is something that we can do about this. Uh, I'd like to hear from you. If you avoid food waste or if you can't help wasting food, let us know what your situation is. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And I am here with celebrity chef Bob Bloomer, and he joins me here in studio after a terrific talk and food rescue demonstration at Idea City. Hi, Bob. Hey, nice to be here. Thank you for coming in. So what made you take up this whole cause? Well, first of all, I haven't really taken up the cause. It's something I do in my day-to-day, and uh, I had an opportunity to, to make a point and um, give a talk and demonstrate just how throwing away food has become such a part of our lives. And it was an opportunity to do that. And while doing that, it sort of helped me galvanize, help galvanize my perspective on it. Um, you know, the numbers that you just talked about are, um, they're kind of numbing. And you can hear the numbers and the you know, billions of this or percents of that. And um, I mean, at a certain point, they're just numbers and they just flow right, you know, in one ear, out the other ear. But the truth is, um, there are a lot of things that are out of everyone's control. And then there are a lot of things that are in everyone's control and certainly minimizing the amount of food that you throw out. And by saying minimizing the food you throw out, it's really about planning. Uh, So shopping smarter, planning how you're going to use up everything. And then when you get to the point where things are on their way out, it's figuring out what to do with them so that you don't throw them out. And, and that's not, it doesn't take that much effort. It's really just about a little bit of thinking and a little bit of creativity. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I'm pretty careful about it. It was just the way I, I grew up. I mean, sometimes I get into these little arguments with my husband, and he said, why are you worried about that? It's worth 50 cents. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't 
mind that much about wasting money, but I do not like to waste food. My parents went through the war. Uh, I remember my mother, she'd save like these tiny bits of food. And, you know, sometimes if you're hungry, a little tiny bit of food is good. Sure. Well, you know, the problem is, and a lot of people grew up like that, of course, and that's, and, and pass that on to their kids. And that's fantastic because it's not good to waste on so many levels. But the problem now is there's an overabundance of everything. I mean, the same way we buy things that are disposable. We think if, you know, it lasts for a year and we can throw it out, whatever. Um, and there's so much food that people aren't forced. I mean, when when our parents or grandparents went through the war, they were forced to do it. They had to do it as a survival technique. Now we don't have that. It's just, oh, go to the grocery store, buy some more. And food is relatively cheap as a percentage of our, of our, uh, our regular income. And so we're not forced to do it and we get lazy. So that's why um, if you haven't had that value set instilled in you, a lot of people have to relearn it. Well, yeah. uh, You know, some things, even if you try, are beyond your control. I mean, one of the things that drives me a little crazy, I use a lot of fresh herbs. They come in very big packages. You know, we're two people in our household and it's very hard to use that stuff before it goes bad. But... Sometimes I am lazy because if you don't kind of keep trimming it and washing it and storing it the right way, then then one little bad sprig is going to make the whole thing go bad. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm tired. No, I know, of course. And you can't do everything. You know, it's like, I mean, maybe this is an obscure reference, but unemployment will never go below 3% because it's, that's sort of the equivalent of zero is 3% in the world of unemployment. In the world of food rescue, you're never going to rescue everything. But knowing that you're making an effort and doing your best to rescue it will help you bring it down, you know, bring your food waste down from 25%, as you mentioned, if you bring it down to 5% or 10% even as a start. Okay, well, um, talk about some real-life things. You you gave this great demonstration at Idea City uh, where you made a, a pizza out of stuff that most people would throw out. So take us through the pizza. Sure. Well, that was a, there's an, uh, an old school term, garbage pizza, which is a pizza that has just about everything on it but the kitchen sink. And so I took the contents of a typical kitchen garbage and made a pizza out of it. So I took, um, you know, there's lots of things that get thrown out um, that are either getting a little blackened, like cauliflower that you can just cut the black bits off, or potatoes that are growing some spuds, but as long as they're not green, they're still really good and can be repurposed. And so I made a crust with um, cauliflower, potato, a couple of eggs that were past their sell-by date. Um, Even though with eggs, the perfect test is... Uh, put an egg in a glass of water, and if it lies on its side or stands up on its end, it's still good. If it floats to the top, then it is rotten, and then you have to throw it out. Um, and I used a, bit, a tiny bit of flour that I sort of knocked out of a bag of flour that seemed to have been thrown out because they thought it was empty. Anyways, that's how I made my crust. And then uh, I made a pesto. And a pesto, of course, has basil, some kind of nuts, pine nuts or whatever, um, and oil and Parmesan and garlic. And so I didn't have any basil in the garbage, but I found some greens. So I had some carrot tops, some fennel tops, some celery tops. Those are things that people usually throw up. Exactly. But you know what? At the end, I did a taste test on stage when I finished my pesto. And I'll tell you in a sec the rest of the ingredients in it um, with somebody who happened to be in the audience. And he said that the, the pesto I made from the garbage 
tasted, because it wasn't really from the garbage garbage, but from things we throw out, tasted even better than the jarred pesto. And it was free because it was all things you rescued. So I, 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 there were no nuts, so I scraped uh, around in a jar of peanut butter and managed to get a couple of tablespoons that, you know, always there's always a little bit of peanut yeah. butter in the peanut butter jar when you throw it out. And um, uh, if you have uh, sun-dried tomatoes or artichokes in oil, when when you finish using the sun-dried tomatoes or the artichokes, the oil in the bottom of those jars is even better than regular oil because it's got a bit of that flavor. And, it, you know, it's fantastic on bruschetta. It's fantastic in salad dressings, blah, blah, blah. So um, that's what I did. I made a pizza and then I made the toppings were the mushroom stems and uh, charred stems and um, a little bit of chicken that I picked off a rotisserie chicken carcass that there's always a half a cup of chicken there even after you think you've picked everything off and by the way when you if you have a chicken carcass never throw that out because if you throw it in the freezer then you have three or four of them all you need to do is rescue some tired carrots and onions and celery from the back of your fridge and you can make an amazing stock that is you know you're rescuing food you're saving money and you end up with something that's infinitely tastier than the, the chicken-flavored dishwater that the you know soup companies will sell you. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again. I'm here with celebrity chef Bob Bloomer. We're talking about food waste and what we can do about it. I think there are a lot of other things that play in here. Families don't eat together enough. Uh, and, you know, if, if you take the trouble and try to cut back on your food, waste. It involves cooking, cooking from scratch, uh, and uh, that can bring people together as well. I'd like to hear from our audience about maybe strategies that you have. Do you use everything up? Uh, Does it just turn out sometimes that you just can't get to it? The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and I will be right back with Bob Bloomer. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with celebrity chef Bob Bloomer, and we're talking about food waste, ways to avoid it, why we have so much of it, the numbers to call, 416 360 Toll-free 1-866-744-740. Let us know what your strategies are. Um, Do you use everything up? How do you do that? Uh, Do you cook from scratch? That's one way of doing it. And uh, in the break, Bob was just mentioning another reason for food waste, and that's ugly vegetables. (laughs) They don't look, I don't know, what, what is it? The, they, they have the wrong shape or something, and, and they're discarded by the farmer or the wholesaler. Tell, tell yeah, us about that. I mean, about a quarter of the food produced by farmers never gets to the market because it's plowed under or thrown out. And that's because the marketplace demands perfectly shaped potatoes and perfectly shaped carrots and all of those things. And... Um, uh, the best way to um, so there's there are some grocery stores that are starting to stock them, but there's not enough demand, and it's not encouraging the grocery stores. But if you go to farmers markets, almost every stall will have a little box beside the stall that you sometimes have to look for. But they'll have soft tomatoes in the summer, um, uh, and various other misshapen you know misshapen or soft 
fruits and vegetables. And it's a great way to rescue those things and also save yourself money because I love making uh, gazpacho. And are they cheaper? Oh, yeah. They're usually a dollar a pound. Huh. Are you kidding? Instead of $3 a A good-tasting tomato is a fortune. But the other thing, I mean, I remember I lived in Israel for a while when I was younger, and uh, one of the main things that Israel has always exported are oranges. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm used to seeing only oranges that are perfectly round and bright orange, and I remember as a very young girl getting there and... The first time I went shopping, I think, well, these oranges are all bad. They're green. They're these weird shapes. They were perfectly fine. Of course they're perfectly fine. <laughs> you just have to taste You just have to taste them to know. But, um, you know, there's lots of strategies for saving, um, well, for rescuing ugly fruits and vegetables and saving um, things like bananas. We were just talking during the break about making, you know, throwing bananas in your freezer and then making banana bread. You can also just, I just keep a little, ba- you know, roll of baggies and if things are about to go off, then I'll just throw them in my freezer or share them with a friend or, you know. Okay. Uh, let's get to the phones. We've got Ian in Hamilton. Hi, Ian. Oh, hi there, Libby. Um, yeah, I, I, actually, Bob just stole my thunder. I, it's exactly what I do. Is I've, I've been doing this for all my adult life, um, and I like to cook. Um, you know, when you when you're making a spaghetti bolognese and you're chopping up your onion, I, I don't uh, try and get the most out of every onion. I cut off a good part of the heel of it, and it all goes in a bag in my freezer until I've got enough to make up a, a wonderfully nutritious and flavorful stock. Sounds like I'll a plan. Rice or do any sort of steaming vegetables with that stock, or add it to any other food, and you're you're ending up with way more nutrition. Yeah, and than soup, you, will you know, get with just plain water, right? Exactly, and you know, if you throw enough extra stuff in your freezer over time, not only can you make the stock, but you can make just a fabulous vegetable soup. Or if you have a, you know, some yeah, chicken. Yeah, yeah, and I'm partial to a roasted chicken too. So what I do is I roast my chicken inside a foil. Um, I put foil inside my roasting pan. I make a bed of carrots and onions to roast the chicken on, and then what? Because I'm, you know, it's, it's me or one or two people, so we end up, you know, we'll take the meat off and like just what you just said a few minutes ago. I put that thing in the carcass when I've got four or five of those. I'd make up a, a lovely chicken stock. And I did a roasted turkey on the weekend, and I to just pull straight out of my freezer a lovely jar of fantastic chicken stock. So. You know, as you're roasting the turkey, who's got time at the time to drain it and strain it and do all that? And make, so I've already got some sort of previously prepared that um, will, will make my lovely chicken gravy for me or turkey gravy, you know, with the um, sort of... Yeah, which I, And I found that um, that way I end up throwing out very, very little. That's okay, you're making us hungry there, Ian. Start getting a bit sloppy in the fridge. Just toss them in the freezer till the next till you're making your next batch of, batch of stock. Yeah, you know a great investment in the long term is just getting yourself uh, an extra freezer, even if it's a little one. I have one the size of sort of the old refrigerator and you know the the boarding house refrigerator, and I, uh, so I have a small freezer and I'll put my extra stuff in there. You know, I'll go to a dinner party at Thanksgiving. And I'll say, what are you going to do with that turkey carcass? <laughs> and they say, well, we're going to throw it out. And I take it home with me. <laughs> Dude, just what you're saying, Ian. I, I never turn down uh, leftovers from uh, big holiday dinners. Uh, and, and I certainly, certainly am never. I'm shocked that some people are embarrassed to take food home from a restaurant. Not yeah, me. No, no, no. I'm embarrassed to not yeah. take it home. I'm embarrassed to waste it in a restaurant. Okay, let's uh, get back to the phones. We've got Linda in Chesley. Hi, Linda. 
Hi, Libby. I enjoy your show. Thank you. And your, your last caller stole my words. I have a bag in my freezer, and all my peelings go in there. And I do exactly the same thing as he does. Oh, well, wait a minute. Thing. Peelings peelings are, are, are a step further, doing it with peelings. that's um... Oh, yeah. That's where all the nutrients are. So, you know, you cut off the onion part. I leave the skin on and everything. I just throw everything in the bag. When I get enough, I boil it. And then I strain it. And how difficult is that? It's, it's easy. I live yeah. alone. I mean, it's, it's a piece of cake. See, and the other thing I do is when I, when I cook rice, most people usually end up burning it or it gets stuck on the bottom of the pot. I don't, I don't follow the directions. I just get a pot of water and I do a big pot, put a lot of rice in, and I boil it and I keep testing it until it's soft. When it's soft, I just put it in the colander and strain it off. Nice. And then, and then I make little any. packages that go into a big bag, like one serving, because I do live alone. Mm-hmm. And I do that with pasta. I do that with rice. Oh, I am. I this. I I have to admit to the worst pasta waster because we can never get it right. You know, the the things with the little holes about what's a pasta serving is too small and I mm-hmm. always end up making too much. We don't eat pasta all the time. It's terrible well, it waste of well. pasta. Cook yeah. pasta? You could, yeah. Well, I don't yeah. freeze oh, yeah. it, but it'll last in your fridge for three, four days and you can take, you can make yourself a pasta salad. You can, I sometimes yeah. put, especially if I've had a pot, I've made a pasta with some sauce, I'll save mm-hmm. that and then I'll warm it up in the morning and scramble a couple of eggs into it. Oh, that's I'm going to try that. Eggs carbonara, if you have <laughs> pasta carbonara. Okay, Linda, thanks for that. You're welcome. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Victor in Etobicoke. Hi, Victor. Hey, how you doing? Fine, how are yeah. you? Okay, my family's just like yours, you know. Uh, we never wasted food, okay? Uh, at the dinner, what you eat, what you got, you eat. If you don't want it, my mother would wrap it up, put it in the fridge, and you'll eat it next time. There's no wasting. And, and like, for cereal, if you don't want it, so save it after school. That's what you're going to have. Ooh, sounds like I mean, it might be a bit soggy. <laughs> no, no, it don't matter. We used to put banana in milk with a little bit of sugar. Yeah, you just throw it in a blender and make yourself a smoothie. Oh, I bet Victor didn't have a blender growing up. Am I right, no, no, Victor? No, no, no. It was, you slice the banana like you know, like uh, cookies. You know, like uh, uh, like like pepperoni. You know, you put in the milk, put a little bit of sugar, let it, let it sit for maybe five minutes, and you eat it. That's that that, that would be our breakfast. Hey, you know, fancy chefs. Fancy chefs are doing that, straining the milk out and turning that milk into ice cream and charging a ton oh, for it. Oh yeah, well, we never thought of that, but but uh, like oh, I say, no, no, there's no such thing as wasting food. People should not waste food. Good on you. Good you on know, you. And, you know, you know, I don't think. And, and Tim Hortons and all those other guys, they do the same thing. They throw all those donuts out. I go into a Tim Hortons and say, "What are you going to do with all these donuts? Throw them out." I said, "Give them to me. I'll I'll send them to the." To the, you know, people that need it and want to eat it. Oh, I'm I'm not sure anybody needs a donut. <laughs> no, 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 they won't do it. It's against the law. They say they say we have yep. to throw it out. The the only people who can collect food like that that I know of are Second Harvest, which is a charity, and they they pick up uh, extra food from catering and events and and things like that. But mm-hmm. but you're I'm right. A, yeah, I'm actually an ambassador for Second Harvest. I can oh. tell you all the details. Okay, but okay, thanks, Victor, for that. Okay, I'm gonna you're hear. You're welcome. Bye bye. Okay. 
so how complicated is 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 it to navigate that? Where um, well, Second Harvest uh, rescues eleven million pounds of food a year, and they get the, all the food for free. It comes from grocery stores. It comes from big, big sized bakeries. It comes from you know major catering operations sometimes, and um, within forty eight hours they pick it up. They warehouse it, turn it around, and deliver it to over 250 organizations all around the GTA. So it's an amazing organization, and it only ends up costing uh, 50 cents a meal to feed someone. Yeah, but how does uh, they obviously needed permission because it is illegal, say, for the Tim Hortons can't just give you the stuff that they were going to throw. I'm not out. quite sure it is illegal. It's not. No. 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 Because um, restaurants don't do it. They don't reuse things. Um, well, you can't take something from the table that's yeah. been served and take it back. But a Tim Hortons donut that has not seen the light of day and has been in a case, if they're throwing that out and saying they can't pass that on, I don't believe that that's correct information. It's they choose to do that because they have their standards that they're trying to maintain. Okay. Um, but but people who do donate food, and um, I'm not 100% sure of this, so don't quote me, but there, is, there are certain laws, the Good Samaritan laws, that um, they are not liable if there are any problems, but there are, are not problems. And that's why Second Harvest was able to rescue 11 million pounds of good food and feed thousands and thousands of people. Across. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, even when we have events here. I mean, usually uh, knock whatever this is. Our staff can eat leftovers pretty well. <laughs> but, but you know, you, you go to events and there's food left over and it's very expensive food and, and it's and a shameful. shame. It's a shame. It is shameful to waste food under any circumstances. And everybody in any situation should plan ahead and sort of have a B plan if there is food left over, be it at a large family dinner or at an event you're responsible for at your office. Like, just always know what you're going to do with the leftovers. Do not throw them out. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it can be hard. I mean, I just, even this week, I did the grocery shopping and all the produce looked so good that I hard bought a lot. Hard to stop yourself, of, right? Yeah, and then I'm looking at it and saying, oh, how many nights are we home this week? <laughs> but but uh, actually, um, when we changed our fridge... I noticed a big difference. Got a better fridge, and it the stuff does last longer. Yeah, it's true. It's funny, you know. There there are ways that you can save money by spending money, um, having a good fridge. Because yes, the, um, if your temperature is hovering around forty degrees, your vegetables are going to last many many days longer than if it's at fifty degrees, for example. Um, having a freezer is a great investment. You can buy freezers for a hundred bucks, um, either used freezers or scratch and dent freezers or whatever. I'm talking about the small ones. And then that's where I save all my stock. If I if I bought too many vegetables, maybe I'll make something like a soup or a, a, some kind of sauce that I'll freeze in small portions uh, or burgers, vegetable burgers. Um, and then I can just pull them out of the freezer when I want. Okay. Um, we are running out of time, Bob. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? Um, just think. It's really... Mm. It's really all about um, thinking ahead, planning a little bit, and um, and just saving a little bit of food in, in your house. If everybody did the same thing, it would have a, a huge impact. Okay. Thank you so much, Bob Bloomer. That was great. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.